everybody, to another episode of Lessons from the Office, the number one ranked podcast for people who love the office and the NACE competencies. I just made that up, but let's go with it. I um, like it. I, I would like guarantee you it's, like it's true, yeah. Right. That small genre of six people in the country that uh, like those two things. So let's let's roll with that. And like combining those two things. Combining those two things. Yes. In smaller genres. So uh, this is Randy here again with you. Bruce, how's it going today? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's a little bit humid today, but uh, you know what? I don't want to give you a weather report, but the overall, it's been pretty good. Because when when people are listening to this, it might be winter and snowing, and you're saying it's hot and humid out. That's true. That's and you know, it could be you know that they, they live in another part of the world and they never experience humidity or they never experience snow. So this whole banter has been irrelevant, at least this part of it. <laughs> and it is also Father's Day weekend, so happy early Father's Day to you, sir. Thank you. It's my first and happy early Father's Day to you as well. Yes, it is not my first. It is, it's no, no. My many, manyth, is that a word? Manyth? I think so. You jumped on the dad train much, much before, much longer before I did. So I did. And speaking of the office, I was recently at Target and they had a lot of office related products. And this is not Target is not a sponsor. If they want to be jump on board, we would love that. But uh, (laughs) my son and I saw a lot of office related things that I definitely suggested to him. Hey, buddy, Father's Day is coming. You save your allowance. You can buy me something from the office. That's a that's a dad win right there. There was actually a uh, some semblance of a Lego set, not an actual Lego set. Yeah. Lego, if they want to be a sponsor too, you know, shoot us one. Um, but it was some sort of Lego-like set of the actual interior of the office. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That's great. Hey, we're recording this before we've released our second episode of the podcast. And I'd like to say we had seven listens on our first episode oh, so far. So Six of them were me. So that's, oh, how that's true. Target, Lego, if you want to jump on board and sponsor us, uh, you can reach those possibly seven, more likely one or two listeners. That's that's right. That's right. Anybody. anybody. Hey, our numbers are going to go up. They certainly will. So today on the podcast, we are talking about episode three of The Office, which was healthcare. So Bruce, do you want to give us a summary of the episode? I'd love to, Randy. First off, it's been really fun to go back and watch these again um, and to kind of see the character development. So I feel like Michael Scott, when he started, I feel like his character was fully formed and Steve Carell really knew who Michael Scott was. And so over the course of the, the series, you don't really see a lot of big changes to his character, um, but you do see a lot of changes to all the other characters. So I'm thinking in terms of uh, Kevin, his character becomes a lot more kind of goofy. Meredith's character becomes a lot more out there. And it's just really fun to kind of see those, those changes that are happening to the characters mm-hmm. as, as the actors really start to embody them and, and figure out who they are and how they work with the script and how they work with the, mm-hmm. the show. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. All right. So in, in the healthcare episode, um, Michael is tasked with cutting costs because Dunder Mifflin, as they've already established, is facing the uh, financial crisis and not doing well. Uh, so Michael's been asked to cut costs by uh, reducing healthcare costs, um, which is you know kind of standard practice in businesses when they're trying to reduce some of their overhead. And Michael doesn't want to do this because he doesn't like to take things away from people. He doesn't like to cut things. So um, Jan tells him to just get it done. And uh, Michael decides that he's going to pass it off to uh, his, his favorite person there, 
Jim. Um, and Jim quickly realizes that it's it's uh, a no-win scenario, so he suggests Dwight do it. Dwight jumps at the chance to help Michael out, as as he always does, and he decides to help cut the healthcare plan by as much as possible. So he goes through and cuts out as much as he can, um, basically eliminating all healthcare coverage for the employees. Obviously, this is not something that uh, the employees like, so long story short, hilarity ensues, and Jim ends up pranking Dwight along with the help of Pam. So, uh, Randy, let's talk about the specific scene now uh, that we're going to talk about and and look at from a NACE perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bruce. That's always, uh, as always, a great summary. And I personally like what you said about the the evolution of the characters. One thing that you didn't mention was Michael's hair. It definitely (laughs) got much better as the series went on. I don't even know what was going on in those first few episodes. It looked like just slicked straight back Pat Riley style or something like that. But it got much better as the uh, as the season went on, and certainly as seasons went on. So, as Bruce mentioned today, we are talking about healthcare, and the two specific scenes that we're going to look at um, are kind of tied together. So, I wanted to talk about both of them today. The first one, if you're watching along with us, if you have the episode pulled up, starts at nine minutes and forty seconds. As Bruce mentioned, Dwight was looking at cutting a lot of the healthcare options, and a way that he was doing that was looking at the different ailments, diseases, what people wanted covered within their healthcare provider. So again, at the 940 mark, Dwight walks out into the uh, the bullpen area where everybody is sitting and asks everybody just aloud to disclose all of their diseases. Of course, everyone is up in arms about that because they don't want to do that. Hello, violations shouldn't be doing that. So Dwight instead just asks them to write everything down. As Bruce mentioned, lots of pranks ensued. Pick that up a little bit later. So talking about two scenes today that are kind of tied together, but at the 17 minute mark, after Dwight is just exasperated at the pranks and people making up a variety of different ailments that certainly do not exist, he brings everyone into the conference room. He, not Michael, calls his own conference room meeting and begins to read aloud everyone's diseases. So not only is he embarrassing everyone, but he's literally making them admit to whatever diseases they have. And I would try to say the diseases that he mentioned, but I will just get break down into a giggle fest and not be able to continue with this podcast. So I will not say any of them, but if you watch the episode, you know exactly the ones that I am talking about. Um, so those are the two scenes we're looking at today. And Bruce, if we're talking about the NACE career readiness competencies, which one are we going to focus on for those two scenes? Yeah, again, since this is kind of a new podcast, uh, the NACE that we've mentioned already is the National Association of Colleges and Employers. Both Randy and I are members of NACE, and uh, it's because in our professional capacities, we both work for The Ohio State University uh, in the College of Arts and Sciences Center for Career and Professional Success. Um, so we, IO, so we really <laughs> kind of uh, know these competencies pretty well, and uh, we see them put to use every day, um, and, and we both work to help students uh, develop these competencies. So again, it's the National Association of Colleges and Employers, and they define career readiness as the attainment and demonstration of the requisite competencies that broadly prepare college graduates for a successful transition into the workplace. So that sounds really professional because guess what? It's, it is. So they've identified nine different competencies uh, that students really need to have by the time they graduate for uh, employers to consider them hireable. And the competency that we're looking at today is critical thinking slash problem solving. So this is the ability to 
exercise sound reasoning, to be able to analyze issues or challenges that are before you, um, to be able to make good decisions and overcome problems that you're presented with. You need to be able to obtain and interpret knowledge, facts, and data, and you can demonstrate this in the way that you solve the problem or address the challenge or guide your team to a solution. So the reason we're covering this is because Dwight did not really exemplify critical thinking and problem-solving skills. Uh, He did exemplify problem-solving skills, but they were not good. (laughs) They weren't thought thought through critically. So that's why we're covering that. In the same vein, as as I was watching the episode, I also thought about Michael and how he didn't use critical thinking or problem-solving skills. Um, At the beginning of the episode, he didn't read his directive from his boss or identify the problem, which was that they were trying to cut costs. So he gets the pamphlet about healthcare options and he immediately goes to the best option there is, the most expensive option there is, and he's all excited about this this option because he didn't think critically enough to read the email and say, oh, why are they changing our healthcare? Because they're trying to cut costs. So he didn't think critically, he didn't solve the problem. And then he actually made the problem worse because he passed his responsibility off to Dwight And then he created an additional problem by announcing that that he has this big all-staff surprise coming up. Um, So uh, Michael was really kind of an example of poor critical thinking and poor problem solving. And then Dwight followed along in Michael's footsteps and in the mold that Michael set up and continued to make bad decisions and to not think critically. So... Um, those are the two that really stood out to, out to me. Um, what are your thoughts, Randy? You know, when you think about it, critical thinking, problem solving, certainly we didn't see a lot of that in this episode. If there was a competency that was the art of delegating, Michael would have got that gold star for that one because he very quickly passed the buck there. I, I, again, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes where sometimes we talk about a scene and I think the intent of it was maybe there but the execution was far off. So I think Dwight was, his heart, I believe, was maybe in the right place. He was asked to save money. He was asked to pick a healthcare provider that saved money. He was trying to do that. Did he go about it the right way? Of course not. But he was still in the right mindset. So I think if he was able to just take a step back, think a little bit clearly about what his actual goal was, that he would have been able to get somewhere with that. So I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea to ask people to identify things they have. To do it in that manner, of course, was way off base, but he could have figured out a different way, maybe some sort of incredibly anonymous survey or had people like fill out something on a pamphlet and then just looked at it very anonymously versus reading everything aloud or just walking out into the bullpen area and saying, hey, Jim, hey, Pam, hey, uh, Stanley, what, what, are you, what are you ailing from? And just having them yell it out. That certainly wasn't the way to go about it. But if he was able to do it from a more professional, more professional manner and just sit back and think about it a little bit, I really feel that he could have got somewhere with this. I agree. And and to your point, I think having people fill out that survey as he did anonymously was a good start. I was also thinking about how Jim and Pam failed to think critically there. So they were having fun. They fill out some fake diseases. They made stuff up. Ha ha. It was a great time. But because of their actions, it set back the entire process even further. So they didn't think critically about who was in charge of this 
healthcare picking. Um, they didn't think about how he would respond or how that would impact the entire staff. Um, so that was also kind of a failure to think critically about um, what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say that I love Count Choculitis. And if there was something, some disease that I was, uh, you know, afflicted with, Count Choculitis would be something that I would like to be afflicted with. I mean, it sounds delicious. So yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know if I've ever had Count Chocula, but if I'm going to get anything, that, that sounds pretty good. I wonder what, what the definition of Count Choculitis is. Does it mean you can't eat it or is it all you eat? All, all you can eat, only Count Chocula. Do they still make Count Chocula? I feel like they do. I'm sure he's been updated, so he's like not like a 1970s vampire. I hope he's. <laughs> I hope he's been updated. Right, right, right. What, what were were his friends Frankenberry? Wasn't that one of them as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who were the other? Wow, ones? good memory, Randy. Thank you. I never ate any of that. I like plain cereal. Yeah, I did too. I like cinnamon toast crunch. That was about mm-hmm. as crazy as I got. Honey bunches of oats. That's what I like. Oh, oh, nice. Do you still eat honey bunches of oats? I do sometimes. Or Cheerios. Oh. About- I'm I'm a frosted shredded wheat and Cheerios kind of guy. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of gone through the scene. We've discussed the NACE competency of critical thinking and problem solving and how that applies to the, the characters. I do want to say um, if these characters were doing everything that they're supposed to, it would not be a good TV show. So I'm so grateful that these characters don't do what they're supposed to because it makes for a great TV show. So props to the to the writers of The Office because they, they hit the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and we can't wait to, to dive in again next time. And we will see you on another episode of Lessons from The Office.